have visions that God gives me just over and over on community building and how to build these free energy, kinetic, fully kinetic energy communities where we impress we we put the least impression on the earth. We're not building the the new New York skyline fight that we are humble in the way that we present ourselves. We've got to rethink who we are as a species. Welcome to Election Profit Makers, one of the many podcasts that you enjoy listening to. My name is Kid Midas, the original wave rider, and I'm joined on the line way down south in North Carolina by Long John Silver. Johnny, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. How you doing? How's everyone out there in podcast land? The name of the podcast is Election Profit Makers. The name of the game is Making Profits on Elections. The tool we use is predictit.org. The spirit in which we do it is having a good time. And the feeling we have now about the upcoming election is, I would say, little the doom and gloom is setting in, which I suppose is more or less to be expected. The race is tightening. The New York Times and Siena have a new poll out. Generic ballot. Who are you more likely to vote for, Democrats or Republicans? Now, Democrats are leading or tied in every age group except for one, John. (laughs) Speaking of old people, is it going to come to any surprise that the GOP has an amazing 21-point lead among 45 to 64-year-olds? This is Gen X at its very worst. Yeah, it is. There, there's a, there's a few years in there. What does Gen X go to? We're right in the middle, so it probably goes to like fifty seven or fifty eight. There's people who are older than Gen X here. Yeah, there are some boomers in there, but there, but there is no doubt that Gen X sucks. It's incredible. I thought Gen X was going to be the greatest generation, and yet we turned out to be the worst generation. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. So the. And there's apparently been a like a twenty point swing among independent women towards the GOP. I don't I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure I believe all this stuff yet. I think gas prices have been going up for the last four weeks, but in the last week they started heading back down. So that's good. Basically, you just need to watch gas prices. Well, let's look at predict it and see where the the conventional wisdom or where all the money is. Balance of power after 2022 election. Mm-hmm. Republican House and Senate is the leading bracket at 51 cents. I have 100 shares no, which are down nine cents per share since I bought. Okay. So what was that last week? What's the movement? Give me a trend. Let's take a look. Republican House and Senate, is it was at 45 on October 10th. Now it's October 16th. It's at 47. So it's up two. It peaked on the 13th at 53. Let's take a look at the 30-day trend, and we see, uh, let's see, a month ago on September 17th, Republican House and Senate was down at 37 cents. Again, it's now at 47 cents, so it's up 10 cents, mm-hmm. and there's been some up and down roller coaster activity in the last, let's say, 10 days, but overall, it's a steady increase showing... Republican House and Senate. I still don't think they're going to take the Senate. Yeah, well, it seems like the Senate has gotten a lot tighter. Nevada truly looks like it is a toss-up. Things have tightened in Pennsylvania. It appears that Ron Johnson is pulling ahead in Wisconsin. Yep. 
So uh, there doesn't appear to have been too much of a change in North Carolina. Uh, and Georgia's holding steady where it was, despite the fact that I think Herschel Walker did win that debate the other night. Oh, do you want to jump right into that debate? Yeah. that. Did you watch any of that? I watched a little of the Warnock-Walker debate on Friday night. That debate, as we used to say, um, Warnock just seemed really sleepy. He seemed, and I, and I, surely other people made this observation as well, but it, it reminded me of the first Obama-Romney debate in 2012, where Obama just came in kind of flat-footed, and Romney had really prepared. Uh, that It just seemed the same way. Warnock just was flat, and... Uh, Herschel Walker was energetic and he had his talking points down and yeah, he, he I mean, he's ridiculous and everything he was saying wasn't necessarily true, uh, but he looked good. Warnock seemed like the type of person, I mean, the, the clip I listened to was one of those clips where they asked, uh, Warnock, are you going to support Joe Biden? He was like, I'm not here to talk about that. I'm here to support the people of Georgia. And then they said to Herschel Walker, Herschel Walker, will you support Trump? Herschel Walker was like, yes, Trump is my friend. I always support my friends. Yeah. It was definitely and a stronger answer than Warnock. No, it was. Dodging and, he was like, and weaving. He said, this guy won't even back his friend. Yeah, that was good. Now, it was not good when, uh, I mean, it was good for Warnock when he came out and accused um, Herschel Walker of, you know, having impersonated a police officer and having threatened to kill the police, uh, he said, I've never done that. And then at that moment, Herschel Walker, as everyone probably knows at this point, pulled out a badge, which was strange after being accused of impersonating the police. And uh, then he got dressed down by the moderator. That was not a strong moment for him. I didn't really follow that. What was the deal with this badge? Was it like given to him by a police benevolent association or something? Yes, yes. So, I mean, he just went on to everyone said it was a prop. I mean, it was a prop in a sense, but he says it's an actual real badge. I don't know how you determine real. It may be a real badge, but it probably doesn't have an actual badge number that connects to some database that says he's a police officer, you know? It probably came from a real honorary police badge drawer at some department. Right. So, but I don't think it carries any special powers. Um, you know, speaking of badges, I used to be the head of um, traffic safety for AAA Carolinas many, many years ago. And I ran safety patrol. I don't know if people are familiar with safety patrol, but it is the where the younger generation would wear these little sashes and they they actually had a little safety patrol badge. Yeah, I was on safety patrol in sixth yeah. grade. Or I monitored the crosswalk. That's exactly right. Well, I was responsible for that as well for safety patrol. Wait, is safety patrol a triple A thing? Yeah, it's a triple A thing. So are you serious? Those safety patrol badges say AAA on them. Oh, I don't like that. That's creepy. Yeah. That's how tri that's how AAA infiltrates the schools to get kids used to the hazards of living with the yeah, hazards yeah. Of, of automobiles. Yeah, exactly. Wow. And you used to run that propaganda arm of yeah, AAA? Yeah, I ran that pop propaganda, and I used to carry a safety patrol badge in my wallet. Oh, jeepers creep. Is that true? Yeah, I did. Do you use funny? it to get out of speeding tickets and stuff? No, I didn't, <laughs> but I would occasionally flash it to be funny. Um, would but cops I didn't buy claim. you rounds of drinks at the bars and no, stuff? No, no, no. Be like, hey, he's with us. He's chill. He's with the Punisher. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you go to Oath Keepers right. meetings and get to yeah. flash your safety patrol badge and they would let you in? I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? You don't remember or you don't care to recall? I don't. I don't recall. You don't recall if you've ever been to an Oath Keepers meeting? What's happening right now? Are you a member of the Oath Keepers? I don't recall. Wow. Are you pleading the fifth right now? Uh-huh. What are you drinking? Is that milk? What is that? Are you drinking milk? It's iced coffee. Oh, my God. How much creamer was in that? Probably too much. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, let's let's um, let's um find anyway, our focus. Anyway, I used to carry a badge. It's pretty cool. Um, so, right. Herschel Walker flashed the badge. This was to prove his pro cop bona fides, right? Yeah, and everyone was like, everyone, everyone's like, that's the only thing they're going to remember. And there's all these memes, and Herschel Walker's going to lose now. That badge didn't make any difference. Nobody cares about that badge. Don't you think Raphael Warnock's campaign was like, go out there and say as little as possible, and don't change anything about this damn race? It doesn't matter if you look like a stick in the mud. Just don't say anything that anyone will remember. Right. He was like, got it. I'm going to be operating on 10% battery power. Yeah. So um, maybe that worked out or not. I don't know. We will see. You know, man, if Herschel Walker wins, Raphael Warnock is really going to resent the insane amount of emails he sent me. You know what? I think if Herschel Walker wins, it means he was going to win all along anyway. So Aaron and I were talking about this and about Herschel Walker Mm -hmm. and about Herschel Walker when he played for Georgia. And let me tell you something. Herschel Walker was a beast when he played for Georgia. And when you go back and watch those highlights of Herschel Walker playing for Georgia in the early 1980s, it almost made me want to vote for Herschel Walker. Move to Georgia and vote for Herschel Walker? Yeah, you could just see why he's going to get a lot of votes that he shouldn't get from certain people because they're just he's a hero. Did Raphael Warnock talk about the... All the stuff about Herschel Walker's alienated children and the abortions and all that stuff. Did he go after him for that? No, I don't think he brought that up. Huh. But if he did, I might have missed it. Right. So on Predict It, in the aftermath of the Warnock-Walker debate. It tightened a bit. But then they had another debate last night, which Walker did not show up to. And it was just Warnock debating an empty chair. It's incredible to me that in spite of all, the, I mean, I don't know what to say. I was about to say it's incredible to me that Warnock is still in the lead at 64 cents because usually predict it has a sort of like GOP lean just based on the demographics and wishes of the traders as we've talked about before. I was sure that this would now be like a 50-50 race, especially in the aftermath of that debate. But again, maybe I just don't understand who wins and loses debates. You still think Raphael Warnock is going to beat Herschel Walker? Yes. Really? Yeah. All right. I mean, there there may end up being a runoff, but I think he's going to win. Herschel Walker. It's a pretty good name. You want to talk about the January 6th hearing? They had the season finale ha, 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 of the January 6th committee hearings that climaxed with the subpoena of former President Donald J. Trump, which I guess has only happened a handful of times in American history. I think I think Thomas Jefferson, Richard Nixon, and Bill Clinton were all subpoenaed. And now former President Donald J. Trump has been subpoenaed. Yeah. I watched the last day of the hearings. It was kind of nostalgic, you know? Who knows when they'll be back and who knows what twists and turns we'll learn about. It was pretty good. In the end, does anybody care? Does anybody care about anything anymore? Like, how are women switching to, how are unaffiliated women voters switching to the GOP? Really? Because of gas prices? I mean, I guess inflation is real, but it's like, you understand, like, you're not going to be in control of your bodies. Like, literally. Mm-hmm. The government will force you to carry pregnancies to term. Probably. Like what's going what's going on in this society, John? What's going on in this culture? 
I, I don't know. What is the meaning of being a human these days? What are we to do? Yeah, I don't know. They have all this crazy footage of January 6th. Does it make a difference? Who knows? Maybe not. Are you talking about the footage of Nancy Pelosi? Just everything. Just all the insanity. Schumer and Pelosi in the basement trying to convince somebody to send somebody out to protect them from getting killed. Yeah. Roger Stone talking about how it's time for violence. And then everyone's like, yeah, a GOP generic ballot, a 23-point spread in favor among Gen X. Like, I, I mean, I guess it truly is. Um, I think people have short memories. Is that what it is? Stuff has to happen. Stuff has to happen right at the election. Like the abortion stuff, it's already old news. January 6th, that could have happened January 6th, 1985. Right. Student debt cancellation, Biden should have done it a week before the election. Yeah. Inflation Reduction Act, they should have held on it and passed it a week before the election. Yeah. People just, I mean, the way news cycles operate now, it just, I mean, Trump survived on. You know, constant memory wipes by always just bringing out new and same. Yeah, things. I mean that that tape of him dropped too early. The Access Hollywood tape. The Access Hollywood tape. You know, I was intrigued after the um, J Six Committee subpoenaed Donald Trump. What his first uh, fundraising email about it would be? You know, the first email he would send out after the news dropped. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't exactly what I thought it would be. The first email that I got from former President Trump after the conclusion of the January Sixth <laughs> Committee hearing. The subject line was <laughs> best presidential golfer. This is the first email he sent out after the January 6th committee. And maybe it was already like auto programmed to go out, but this is just amazing. Best presidential golfer. And then in bright red, it says Donald Trump is ranked number one presidential golfer in history by a landslide. That's a quote from the DC Inquirer. Oh. Donald Trump writes, friend. I just couldn't wait any longer to tell you this exciting news. And then an all red highlight. I have been named the number one presidential golfer in history. And then in italics, <laughs> I can't say that I'm surprised to hear this. It's so savvy. Look at him with his little italics. You know, I can't say that I'm surprised to hear this. I'm emailing you to remind you that we still have a few boxes left of our limited edition Trump golf balls. But once they're sold out, they're gone for good. This could be your final chance to claim yours. Hurry. Please contribute $30 or more immediately to claim your own Trump edition golf balls that I personally designed. He designed a golf ball. Wow. Is there anything this guy can't do? I, uh, Best presidential golfer in history by a landslide. I believe that. I think he then, in in future emails, he did go on to complain about the committee and among other things. You know, he, he does complain every so often. It's rare, but sometimes... President Trump does take umbrage or complain or or criticize some aspect of his foes who are determined to bring him down. But in this moment, in the immediate aftermath of the J6 committee hearing, I thought it was really sweet that he was <laughs> they go into his office and like, uh, Mr. President, we have good news and bad news. He's like, oh, give me the bad news first. Well, the bad news is that you are the fourth president in American history to be subpoenaed. What's the good news? Well, sir, you were just rated number one presidential golfer in history by a landslide. He's like, oh. So basically, it's a wash, right? What a world we live in, John. What a world. That's incredible. I have a uh, correction I need to make. Last week when we were talking about uh, tour dates and – the Dean Smith Center, Student Activity Center, Dean Dome here in Chapel Hill, and I had talked about how Lionel Richie had played 
three shows here that was not correct. What? It actually was Genesis that oh, played the famous British three rock band shows at the Dean Dome. All right. Yeah, more than anywhere else. Well, thank you for that correction. Johnny, Herschel Walker, and Raphael Warnock were the only Senate candidates to have a debate. Out in Ohio, our old friend J.D. Vance squared off against Tim Ryan in a debate. Now, did you watch that debate? Yes, I did. And who won that debate? Mm, I. It's hard for me to say. I thought Tim Ryan had a good a good zinger about J.D. Vance. What was the phrase like? He like gave up his dignity to Donald Trump. Like he really yeah. went in for on like a deep level about dignity. I like that kind of stuff. Yeah, that was good. Especially because the modern conservative movement used to spend so much time honking and moaning about values and stuff and how we're all losing our values and rap music and pull up your pants and blah, blah, blah. Right. That stuff's all out the window now, obviously, because their cult leader is, um, I would say, a man of less than perfect dignity. Would you say he doesn't have much dignity, right? Dignity? No, no, I don't think so. And it's more the case that in order to get on his good side, you must give up your dignity. Yes. Fealty to the leader. And also to just sit there and and take it while he teases you about kissing his ass, right? Like Trump has done about J.D. Vance. And to and to disavow everything that you were saying as recently as like one year ago. Right. And it actually has paid off for some people to do that. Oh, absolutely. It's paying off for J.D. Vance. I mean, that's the price. Yeah. You, I mean, right. The price you have to pay for success is your dignity. I love watching that stuff. Mm-hmm. I love watching. I love watching people I hate have to give up their dignity. <sighs> yeah. John, there's a phrase there, but for the grace of God, go I. And when I see oh, okay. that stuff, I feel that feeling. Yeah. Have you ever been in a situation like that? Where I've given up my dignity in order to appease a leader of my political party? I've probably done that in uh, situations with police officers. You know, you're just like, yeah, sir, how are you doing today? And uh, great. And you're like, yeah, I actually run the uh, safety patrol here for AAA in North Carolina. How are you doing, brother? Yeah. Like, "Uh uh-huh, license and registration, please. And then you hand him your badge. Oh, sorry, I actually handed you my badge by mistake. Let me find my license. And then you hand him your license. And then, you know, maybe you get out of it. And your and your address is is 420 Oathkeeper Avenue, apartment number five, Fifth Amendment. Yeah. You get that? Yeah, I got it. Because you plead the fifth when you're called before the committee? Yeah. <laughs> Can we go back to the badges for a second? Yeah, this whole Speaking episode fake, should be about the badges. Everything else is too fake, depressing. The fake badges. Yeah. So... You started talking about fake FBI badges. Oh, this is the night of the debate when we were texting? Yeah, this is the night of the debate. There were these old fake FBI badges that people would flash, but it didn't stand for the FBI. Instead of Federal Bureau of Investigations, it says female body inspector. Yeah. But I misremembered it as federal booty inspector, (laughs) which is so weird. But I kind of think I kind of think that might be right. The federal booty inspector. Like, yeah, I work for the FBI. I'm a federal booty inspector. Like somebody had female body inspector and then someone else is like, all right, they trademarked that. I'll do federal booty inspector. I guess that makes sense. Federal booty inspector. But that was the one that you were certain of. Because, okay, I'm just searching up federal booty inspector right now. Uh Are there any hits? 
Yeah. Okay. Federal Booty Inspector t-shirt on Amazon right now. Oh, really? How much? I'll get it. Oh my gosh. This one says Federal Booty, FBI, Federal Booty Inspector, million dollar booty. I don't know why that. Oh, instead of bounty, I bet. Oh, yeah. That's a cool t-shirt. Yeah. That says that whole thing on the... Booty hunters instead of bounty. Okay. Okay. All right, so let's check let's check the Ohio Senate race on predicted. Right. What do we got here? Nothing's happened. Has that debate altered the market at all? Nope. JD Vance is still way way up at set God. Is this going to be a blowout? God damn it. I'm still buying here. Ryan? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not buying Vance. Um and a little birdie that lives in Nevada told me that it is that he got information from an insider who said that the race in Nevada is not as close as everyone says. Go on. That Cortez Masto is going to win there. This is the Senate election in Nevada? Yeah. That we. This is the one against, um. what's his name? Uh, Laxalt. Why can I never remember that? It's such a pharmacy it's a, name. It's a weird name, right? It's such Laxalt. a pharmacy Doesn't name. Doesn't it? It sounds like, uh, yeah, I, I don't know, like some Metamucil or something. You take some Laxalt to help you go to the bathroom. Laxalt is currently trading at 64 cents. So if this is a true toss up, like, uh, you know, all the handicappers seem to claim, mm-hmm. then it should be 50 50 on mm-hmm. predicted, and it is not. So I see some value here. It is at really? 64 to 36 right now. So I am buying at this rate. You know, You're buying Cortez. Cortez Masto. Simply on this tip. John, I would join you in that bet, except I don't have any money. I'm down to my last 12 cents on predicted. I'm all tied up in all these other markets because I- Yeah, that's, why, that's what I was telling you to-, to I know. You were saying to leave some- powder I know. I know. I know. Dry. Wait till you see the whites of their eyes. I know. I know. I know. The Revolutionary War. Hooray. We beat England. Hooray. Good for us. We did. And we built the Freedom Tower. <laughs> yep. Those are the two biggest events in American history. I don't know. Think about it. Yeah. Okay. That's definitely staying in the podcast because that was a fun conversation. <laughs> okay. All right. Sorry. Anything else to say about Ohio? Tim Ryan seems kind of tight. He se- he seems, um, as I tweeted out, I said he, seem- he seemed like a-, a Tim Robinson character to me. He's got that same type of feel to him, sort of over the top flabbergasted at, at times. And I looked up Tim Robinson. He's from Detroit. So, you know, they're 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 from the same part of the country and they're I think they got the some of that age. Midwestern tightness. Yeah, something that something like that. You know what I just realized? Sorry to change the subject back to Herschel Walker. Herschel yeah. Walker's brain is so, with due respect, completely fucked up and scrambled. Yeah. I bet once if he wins that seat, he could actually be convinced to caucus with the Democrats. Somebody could get to him <laughs> and flip him. You know, Chuck Schumer, if he was at his wiliest, yeah. he'd be like, yeah, Herschel, so you still have that badge, right? So that badge means you're actually on a secret mission. And don't tell anyone this, but you're supposed to caucus with the Democrats. It's part of President Trump's secret mission that you need to vote with us on these things. This is what Trump actually wants. But you can't tell anybody... Because Darth Vader has tapped all our phones. Like, they could get to him. You might be right. I think it's pretty risky. I don't know if I would back him, 
right now. No, you don't back him. It's just like, that's your backup plan should Herschel yeah. Walker win. Flip him. I don't know if it's likely, but I would say that there's a one in three chance that you could flip him. If Herschel Walker wins that Senate seat, of all senators, well, Kirsten Sinema could also be flipped. I mean, yeah, they're almost done but flipping for her. different reasons. Right, yeah, exactly. You wouldn't trick her. She would just gladly go. Yeah, absolutely. For the payoff, right. right. But Herschel Walker is going to be one of the most dupable senators in American history. Right. I wonder who's going to be He will be, be getting duped left that. and right. What'd you say? I wonder who'll be in charge of trying to flip him. I don't know. Hmm. Anyway, food for thought. Our Ohio billboards are only up for two more weeks. As you know, they say, J.D. Vance, you have no chance. And if you go to what3words.com and enter the following coordinates, you will get the precise locations of these billboards. Two more weeks, and then they're gone forever. Will they help turn the tide of the Ohio Senate race? Only God knows for sure, and he or she's not talking to us right now. But here are the locations for the billboards. You can go look at them and send us a photo. Billboard number one, blackmail, communicate, navigation. Billboard number two, nervy, touchy, spectators. Number three, volume, gladiators, views. Number four, circus, scorch, researches. Number five, metro, unable, engineering. The sixth billboard, recognition. Twisting. Issue. And, finally, the seventh billboard. Disturbance. Deodorant. Hamper. Man, I'm really in a bad mood about the election. I know it's inevitable and they do it every time, make the race tight. I don't mean they like it's a conspiracy, but... No, it's a Democrat. I mean, it's just like Democrats do this. It's always gloom and doom before. Right. It's like, no, this is going to be a disaster. And sometimes it is, but 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 we're always this way. Right. You're right. Although maybe we weren't in 2016. In 2016, you mean for the presidential election? Yeah. We're all just traumatized from that. And so as soon as the... New York Times has an article about how the race is tightening or how women yeah. suddenly don't care about Dobbs. They just care about like, oh, no. the price of a price of milk. Then we're all just like, oh, thank God the universe is the universe has returned to its rightful balance where I'm just agonized and, and dispirited. Right. Anyway. Speaking of agonizing and being dispirited, did you want to talk about canvassing? I had my audio diary last week and I got it. We got an uh, email from listener Benji. After listening to your stellar field recordings last week, I have come to the conclusion that political canvassing is a total waste of time. Does it make any difference? Is there any data showing any significant difference in votership between highly canvassed and low or non-canvassed areas in this modern age of telecommunication? Actually, I apologize for last week's audio diary. I was just, I was, I don't know, I was just feeling kind of grumpy, I guess. And it was the first canvas of the season, so I was feeling rusty, and I was by myself in an intimidating neighborhood. Um, but overall, to your question... <laughs> Dogwood Acres? Yeah, That's man. Inti- yeah, intimidating. Those houses are nice. They all have video doorbells. I, I can't... Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was on edge right. the entire time. But let me say this to this listener. Canvassing is, I think, the most effective form of political activism, right? Going door to door and talking to people. Isn't that true? Uh, I'd, I'd probably say advertising would be. 
I guess so. Just pummeling the airwaves with ads. Yeah. But in terms of something you can do as an individual, canvassing absolutely makes a difference. Absolutely makes a difference. Giving money, canvassing, and and talking to your neighbors. Yes. And I'm happy to report that this past Saturday, I went out canvassing again, and this experience was an absolute delight. John, I reunited with my canvas buddy, Allison. Allison and I have been canvassing together since the 2008 presidential election. We remembered this. We used to go to Pennsylvania to canvas for Obama. To Scranton. No, to Wilkes-Barre. Wilkes-Barre. And then in 2018, we would drive north of Brooklyn up to uh, Antonio Delgado's district, and we got Antonio Delgado elected. Yeah. And he's now the lieutenant governor of New York. And now Allison and I are back on the scene canvassing for Sherry Beasley and the Democratic ticket down here in Orange County, North Carolina. And Allison and I had a great afternoon canvassing. It was like the band getting back together. This is like if Ringo Starr and Paul McCartney got back together for one last jam session. And everyone Allison, was rocking and rolling. I bet she's pretty good. She is good. Yeah. yeah she's a great yeah. partner. Yeah. I bet you guys are good. We're a good team. We've been doing it now. What's that? 16 years? We've been... No, 14 years. No. What's what's uh, 2022 minus 2008? 14? That's 14 years of canvassing together. Mm-hmm. We were in the zone. We show up at noon to pick up our packets and get all our marching orders. And guess who's standing around in the parking lot to have a pre-canvassing rally? Sherry Beasley wasn't there, but future Orange County uh, Congressional Representative Valerie Fushi was there. Nice. And for some reason, famous California Congressman Ted Lieu was there. So Ted Lieu gave a little speech. The mayor of Carborough was there. And at one point, as they started announcing everyone who was there, like local commissioners and aldermen or whatever, Allison and I looked at each other and we were like, are we the only people here who are not local politicians? It was was nuts. So Ted Lieu... He is, uh, he represents the 33rd district in California. Is that right? That sounds right. Yeah. I think he was in town because he and he did a big fundraiser with Sherry Beasley, maybe Saturday night. Did you get a picture with him? No, no. I'm not there for the selfies, John. I'm there to knock doors. Yeah, no. I'm laser focused. That's true. We got people to talk to. We have voter information to disseminate. We have sample ballots to leave behind. With a reminder to, yes, turn over your ballot when you're done voting on the front because there's more positions to select on the back of the ballot. That type of stuff is important. That's the kind of stuff you need to tell people. Or tell people if you're going to vote straight ticket, it does not include the presidential race in North Carolina. Ted Lieu, you guys want a little insider gossip? Must credit Axios, Politico, and election profit makers. Ted Lieu was a chomping on a bag of Fritos. Some of these like... Flavor Twist Fritos, he was loving them. Hmm. And he even announced how much he loved them. He said, I'm not leaving until I'm done eating these wonderful Fritos. He said something like that. That's not a direct quote, so don't put quotes around it. But he said something to that effect. That's the inside info on Ted Lou. So Allison and I spent the afternoon canvassing uh, Carborough, and um, we had some good conversations. There's a lot of transplants in Carborough. I understand now why the real estate market is so crazy there. We talked to a lot of people from California and New Jersey who had moved to Carborough in the last couple of years. And some of them needed uh, information about where to vote and the fact that they can register uh, and vote the same day. And I want to give a shout out to EPM listener Michael. Because we canvassed Michael's fiance's house and he came to the door and said he liked the podcast. So hello, Michael, and thank you for listening. And remind your fiance to go vote. Although I think she's going to vote. Is Michael going to vote? Michael said he doesn't vote because he doesn't believe in reality. Oh. No, I'm kidding. I'm sure he's going to vote. Yeah. Okay. How did Michael know 
Did you say I'm David Reese from Electric Profit Makers? No, I guess he just recognized my um stupid voice because it's kind of like a nasal voice, you know, like, hi. That is crazy. Anyway. Anyway, yeah. I'm sorry that I was that I made it sound like canvassing was kind of a bummer uh, two weekends ago, but this past Saturday was good, and Allison and I have plans to canvass again this Saturday. John, of course, you're welcome to join us at any time. No pressure. See, I don't know if we discussed this before, but I would w- want to mention that canvassing can be a bummer at times, and you can get down and have some some bad interactions. But did we talk? Have we talked about this before? If we have, just tell me. Um, I think that when they send you out to canvas certain areas, they should send you to a ringer house every like six houses. They should send you to like somebody like me. What do you mean by that? You've gotten beaten down by all these unaffiliateds. And then they send you to me and I'm immediately like, hey, thank you so much for what you're doing. You guys are doing a great job. Yes, I've already voted. I'm going to vote for Beasley and everything, but I'm there to pump you up. We had some net, we had some organically, or who knows? Maybe they were maybe they were ringer houses, but we had people saying thank you so much. I don't think they were ringer, but it's nice when you run into one of those. It really does give you that energy Little to boost. keep going. I think they should put a, a, some sort of uh, code into the algorithm. A hype house. Yeah. I will say that one of the unsettling uh, experiences I had canvassing this past Saturday was talking to two 20-something women who had not made up their mind as to who they were going to vote for. Hmm. So it was like, yeah, I guess Dobbs really uh, is not the game changer that everyone thought in the immediate aftermath. Oh, this is actually going to be good for Dems. Don't worry. They're going to take they're going to take the Senate and the House on the backs of women voters, and then they're going to they're going to you know, guarantee you a right to abortion on a federal level. Mm, I'm not sure. Cause these are two 20 something women who are like, yeah, thanks for this information. I really haven't decided who I'm going to vote for. Like what? But I guess they care about inflation or I don't know. You can't, I just don't understand, but I've never understood anyone. You just got to do what you got to do. You just got to get out there. I invite everyone to Canvas. Canvas with a friend, and that makes it a fun afternoon. Then we had some fancy lemonade at this strange coffee house. Ooh, it was good. Hmm. Some kind of lemonade. that, that, that It was called like um, it was some kind of fruit mixed with the lemonade, John. Do you know what I'm talking about? It was like a red lemonade. Mm-mm. It was like his hibiscus lemonade or something. Mm-hmm. It was pretty refreshing. Anyway, that's the latest canvassing update. Second week, much better than the first week. Definitely looking forward to the third and fourth week of canvassing here in Orange County, North Carolina. And I will be out with you on those weeks. I I have not been able to make it out yet. And we are going to have some fun and we are going to have a good time, John. And we're going to smile and laugh. Yes. Take that to the bank. Yes. John, big news in the world of watch parties. What's the latest news about watch parties? We're going to have a watch party on... October 27th. What day of the week is that? It's a Thursday and it's going to be at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And we'll be watching something. We're going to watch a movie. We have a short list of movies to watch. Right. And we're going to watch it on our Discord. So if you want to join us for the watch party, you got to be a Patreon. Patreon.com slash Election Profit Makers. Yeah. And last time we did this, I think we we watched Bye Bye Birdie. You were That's here. Right. We were in the room together watching We're going to be in the room together. It's going to be electric. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. That's Thursday, October 27th at 8 p.m. Eastern via the Discord. Patreon.com slash Election Profit Makers to join the Discord. 
And now that we're mentioning the Discord, I want to say that there was something that happened on the Discord that I wanted to mention on our podcast. Someone had summed something interesting on the Discord. What was it? Let me see if I have it here. Oh, getting back to canvassing. One of our Discord members said that when you're canvassing a house and nobody's home, but they have a ring doorbell, that you can just give a pitch to the doorbell because it is recording video and audio. This feels like a lie. That's an actual, that's a crazy game changer. I would be so much more comfortable just talking into people's doorbells slash cameras than actually talking to people. So you just walk up, you knock, nobody comes, nobody ring the doorbell, nobody comes, and then you decide, I'm going to give my pitch, my elevator pitch, right into the- To the the doorbell. To the doorbell. But then when I was talking about this with Allison last weekend, she said, yeah, but how would they know to ever, like, what are they going to do? Go back and rewind and search their doorbell to see if anybody talked to their doorbell? Because it's got to just tell you that some some activity happened on your doorbell at- at 4.30 p.m., oh. might want to check it out. And then, you know, nine times out of 10, it's just like the mailman or a squirrel runs by. Right. Um, but then in this case, it was, uh, you know, something more substantial, a burglar or or a canvasser or whatever. Right. I don't know. I, I no would like to know, has anybody actually done that? I feel, well, the week, this past weekend canvassing, we were not in a ring doorbell neighborhood. It wasn't. It wasn't a fancy neighborhood like that. So we didn't really have an opportunity. There was only one doorbell that had a video on it and there was no one home. And I thought, should I do it? Should I do it? And I was like, mm, I don't know about this. It might be kind of strange. It seems like the, the the head of the canvassing committee, that that should be something that they would discuss. Yeah, that's true. I could ask on this coming Saturday, I'll ask them, hey, what do you think about this? What if I just went, ran around town t- yelling at doorbells? Yeah. Because I'll do that. Uh-huh. I used to be on camera. I used to be on TV. I'm very comfortable talking to cameras. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's where I feel most at home. I make love to the lens, John. It's called making love to the camera. It's a, it's a thing. Making love to the camera. I know. And I honey, that. I was a Casanova. I can see. All right, John, give us your football update. Football update. Yeah, there was some football this weekend. There was a bunch of coastal chaos in the Atlantic Coast Conference. Duke and UNC played. For the 136th time, and it was back and forth. I think there were seven or eight lead changes, and my prediction was that Carolina would blow out Duke, and that was against all of my instincts, because my instincts were that Carolina was going to lose this game. But I said, no, that's not going to happen. And Carolina did not lose the game. Carolina did have to score a touchdown in the final 16 seconds in order to win, but uh, they did. And Carolina 6-1 for only the second time since 1981. NC State went into Syracuse, which I've been saying is the Carrier Dome, but it's no longer the Carrier Dome. What? Uh, Yeah, the Carrier Dome, which is named after Willis H. Carrier of Buffalo, New York, who invented air conditioning about the same time that Stuart W. Kramer of Charlotte, North Carolina, invented air conditioning. Um, It was named after that company, the Carrier Company. By the way, the term air conditioning was made by this guy in Charlotte, Stuart W. Kramer. Just wanted to throw that out there. Wait, but it's no the phrase it, the phrase air conditioning yeah. was coined in Charlotte, North Carolina. That's right. Yeah, in his patent for air conditioning, he called it wow. air conditioning. So wow, but you know there may be a debate between Carrier and Kramer, but certainly he's the one that coined the term. 
So most people say that they independently devised the invention of air conditioning on their own. I'm sorry, are uh, we talking about football? Yeah, I, the Carrier Dome is no longer called oh, that. Okay, it's called got it, the right. JMA yep, okay. Wireless Dome. That's a great name. I love that name. The JMA Wireless Dome. And as I predicted, Syracuse rolled over NC State. Uh, the new poll came out. Carolina is ranked 22. State has fallen to 23. Rank uh, Wake is 13th. And Syracuse is 14th. Um, North Carolina, NC State, and Wake Forest are all ranked in the AP poll for the first time since December 1994. And uh, that is, um, yeah, the first time at least three of the big four have been ranked at the same time. So, um, Okay. No, no, no. I got more. Oh, got great. More. Uh, Cuse is going to take on Notre Dame next week. Their luck is going to run out because of the luck Irish Notre Dame is going to win. State's going to beat Virginia Tech. Wake is going to host Boston College and win. UNC has a bye, so they will not lose. And the preseason Associated Press College Basketball poll came out today, and UNC is ranked number one in the country for a record 10th time in the preseason poll. And UNC is the last team that was ranked number one preseason to go on to win the national championship. And that was in 2009. So hopefully they will do the same thing, but winning a national championship in basketball is difficult. So, okay. We shall see. Okay. I, I mean, you know what? I probably got more stats. Okay. You want, you want them? Okay. Um, yes, yes, yes. Did you know Saturday when Syracuse played NC State, it was the first time in more than 20 years that Syracuse had played a conference game where both teams were ranked. John, let's move on to listener questions. Okay. We got multiple listener emails about the North Carolina versus Ohio first in flight claim. I'm only going to read one. This one is from Dan. He says, in past episodes, you've talked a bit about the North Carolina versus Ohio debate around which state should be able to claim credit for the first in flight slash birthplace of aviation achievement. Mm -hmm. As I was considering various positions on the issue, an interesting sports parallel came to mind. When John's beloved Tar Heels beat Gonzaga to win the NCAA basketball championship in 2017, the game was played at the University of Phoenix Stadium in Arizona. Of course, North Carolinians rightfully claim pride for that win, not Arizonans, despite the event occurring in Arizona. I similarly see the flight accomplishment as being one which should primarily be credited to the people who achieved it, a.k.a. the Wright brothers from Ohio, okay. not the place in which the event took place. Both states have an important role in this great achievement, but Ohio seems to have the stronger claim as it's where the Wright brothers came from slash developed their plane. Of course, this isn't a perfect parallel, but I am interested in your thoughts. John, Dan All makes right. a pretty good case. What do you think? Look, I can't help it that North Carolinians invented airplanes. All by themselves. No, <laughs> I have never claimed that North Carolinians invented airplanes. I would say as far as that analogy, mm -hmm. let's say that the University of North Carolina in that particular game who was playing against Gonzaga University, that those two universities had decided to play that game in Arizona because that was the only place that that particular game 
could be played. That oh, the conditions, uh, okay. I see the conditions there at the University mm-hmm. of Phoenix Stadium were such that the game was capable of being played there. And not only was the game played there between these two teams, it was the first game ever of basketball. Uh, hmm. And since then, there have been millions and millions and millions of games of basketball which have changed the sporting world. In that case, I would say that the people of Arizona would be proud of the fact that the first basketball game occurred there in Arizona and may, may even claim that it was the birthplace of basketball. This despite the fact that the rules of basketball may have been written in Massachusetts and that the people of Arizona did not win the basketball game. They were not even playing it, but they built that stadium. They helped these teams prepare. They invited the teams. The teams chose this place. So people from North Carolina are proud that the Wright brothers were able to accomplish this at Kill Devil Hills, right outside of Kitty Hawk, because of the fact that it was an isolated, windy place that had soft sand, and the people of North Carolina were allowed able to invite the Wrights down, which they came. They took the picture of that very first thing, a North Carolinian took it. Um, And North Carolinians are rightly proud. It doesn't take anything away from the genius of the Wright brothers. (laughs) The sarcasm right there was amazing. No, the Wright brothers were geniuses. And had the Wright brothers not invented the airplane, somebody else would have. There was a huge race to be first. And the Wright brothers were able to be first because they were on the outer banks of North Carolina. Because after 1903... They went back to Huffman Prairie in Dayton, and they still, many days, had trouble flying their plane. They had to use a catapult to take off in many cases um, because the wind was just not consistent there. They were able to have that first flight because of North Carolina, and they came back to Kitty Hawk back in 1908 and flew a bunch of times again and uh, before they eventually went to Europe and became famous. Did North Carolina invite the Wright brothers to fly their plane in North Carolina? So the Wright brothers wrote to the Weather Bureau and wanted to know where the windiest places in the country were. Oh, I didn't know that. And there were places that were windy, like off of the Great Lakes, but they were more hilly. And one of the keys to flying at this time was controllability of your aircraft. And in order to learn to control your aircraft... You had to fly it without getting killed. Mm, mm. And people were dying flying their planes. So they were looking for a place where they could fly and that they could take off at a low level and not have to go jump off a high hill necessarily where they might crash into trees or hard frozen ground in Indiana. And this was a place in North Carolina where the soft dunes and it had this breeze coming out of the uh, northeast, which was the exact alignment of those barrier islands. So they could fly almost directly along the barrier island, directly into the wind. So it was a good setup for them. And 
it was so difficult to get out to Kitty Hawk. I mean, they had to, now mind you, it was one of the closest beaches to the Wright brothers, but they still had to take a, a train to Norfolk and then a train down to Elizabeth City. And if you read their letters, they talk to the people of Elizabeth City and they're writing back to their dad. And they're like, yeah, we're here in Elizabeth City. And we've told them we're getting waiting for a schooner to take us out to the Outer Banks to Kitty Hawk. And nobody in Elizabeth City had even heard of Kitty Hawk. That's how you know desolate and isolated it was. But then it was a three days, in some cases, across the Albemarle Sound in a boat to get there. There were no bridges or anything. So why would they go through all that trouble to be in this one particular place? Because this was a very special place. And it doesn't mean anything about the genius of North Carolinians inventing it. It just means a really really important historical event occurred here. And North Carolinians are rightfully proud of that, just like the people from Arizona would be proud to say they hosted the very first basketball game. Dan, I trust that answers your question. We got an update from one of the guys in the Noise Project, Herschel Walker's Secret Sons. Oh, yeah. I saw I just just seeing He that. says, I write you from Deep Red, North Dakota, to tell you about the house race that's going on here. Kara Mund, a former Miss America and Harvard Law graduate, is giving incumbent Representative Kelly Armstrong a real run for his money. It's worth noting that she is running as an independent due to the fact that she got into the race late. She was spurred on by the Dobbs decision. So, John, here's at least one person who remembers the Dobb decision taking place. He goes on, a recent poll shows Cara Mund, Cara Mund down just four points. She has made Roe a centerpiece of her campaign, and I'm really feeling like this could actually happen. I also think it's notable that, as in Utah, the Democratic Party has pulled support from their pro-life candidate. And finally, because this dude is a true election profit makers lister, he has set up a bit.ly link bit.ly slash give Cara money. Yeah. C-A-R-A money. Yeah. Sure enough, if you click bit.ly slash give Cara money, C-A-R-A, it goes directly to her fundraising page. And sure enough, when I click on about Cara, oh my God, she's like so young. Look at that. Known for making history as the first and only woman from North Dakota to become Miss America. And she's running obviously on a pro-choice platform. How do you like that? Now, obviously, this is all too recent to to have a predicted market because predicted is not adding new markets. Mm-hmm. But if you're interested in North North Dakota politics, here you go. Bit.ly slash give Kara money. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've gotten some tips like this before that we have. That's how we know, heard about Mary Peltola. Exactly. The big upset in Alaska from a local listener, right? So I always listen. You are, you're a good listener, John. Thanks. You're a good listener. That's about it for us, folks. Thanks for listening. Another wild episode of Election Profit Makers, the podcast you've been listening to. John, why don't you take us out with some nice credits? Election Profit Makers is an independent production. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash electionprofitmakers. Send your election prediction questions to contact at electionprofitmakers.com. Please rate and review us on either of the apps and or all of them. That always helps us a lot. And thank you so much for your support. We're three weeks out from the election, folks. Canvassing time. It has begun. Good luck out there. Hang in there. Don't get too down because I really feel like things are probably not as bad as they seem. That's not any guarantee. 
but I think we have this tendency to freak out at the end. So let's just try to keep our heads. Freak out on the dance floor, but don't freak out in the real world. Not quite yet. Bye. Bye. David, my favorite song of all time is by Lionel Richie when he was with the Commodores. Goes a little something like this. I know it sounds funny, but I just can't stand the pain. Girl, I'm leaving you tomorrow. Seems to me, girl, you know I done all I can. You see, I beg, stole, and I borrow. Yeah. Ooh, the swamis, eh? I'm easy like Sunday morning. That's why I'm easy. I'm easy like Sunday morning. This is my favorite part. This is my favorite part. Why in the world would anybody put chains on me? I paid my dues to make it. Everybody wants me to be what they want me to be. I'm not happy when I try to fake it. No. Ooh, it's why I'm easy, yeah. Oh, I'm easy like Sunday morning, yeah. That's oh, why I'm easy, yeah, yeah. Easy like Sunday morning. I want to be high, so high. I want to be free to know the things I do all right. I want to be free, just me. Oh, babe. Bam, 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 bam. That's why I'm easy.